Welcome to the Bailiwick Express podcast. This is The Interview and I'm Matthew Leach. I met with Deputy Lyndon Trott in his new role as PNR President only 16 working days after the start of his role, but nearly a month after his vote into the top job. During a wide-ranging interview, he touched on the need for higher income tax, amendments to the government work plan that may support the Transforming Education Programme, and a revitalised group that'll think only of housing from when they wake to when they sleep. But most of all, Deputy Trot stressed how successful 2022 was, and the surplus in cash it generated, and how it could gift the island and its government some well-needed breathing room. Here we go. So, I'm here today. It's quite a pleasure. With uh, Deputy Lyndon Trott, of course, our new president of policy resources, but not um, not quite new. We've seen you before. <laughs> we, we've returned. Um, we mentioned it briefly before. This has nearly been a month in post. Uh, how's it been? How are you? Thank you for asking. It's <laughs> been uh, 16 uh, working days uh, in the role, um, because obviously we had Christmas and New Year celebrations. Uh, I um, only worked for an hour on Boxing Day, um, which was um, pleasing for my wife. Uh, now, look, it, it, it's not, it doesn't feel as new as it might do for some, because although it's, um, what now, 11 years since I was last Chief Minister, uh, I was um, Vice President of PNR, Deputy Chief Minister, if you like, uh, up until October 2020. Um, so when I found myself back in this um, privileged position, uh, it was only a little over three years since I'd left the old Policy and Resources Committee or the previous Policy and Resources Committee. So it isn't as unfamiliar to me as it may be to some, um, or would have been to some. But notwithstanding that, there are many differences, and we can sort of touch upon those in a moment. But for me, the starting point is I'm a Guernsey boy uh, through and through. Um, the Trots have only been here for about three centuries, whereas my, my wife's family have been here for over a millennia. So I think, uh, you know, uh, uh, our prodigy are, are, um, uh, are of good, solid um, Guernsey stock. And that, that kind of does matter because, well, let me give you an example. Tomorrow is the first warming tide. Yeah. And I have taken uh, four hours off tomorrow. I shall be uh, in the water uh, along with uh, a few dozen of my... Uh, long-standing friends, people I see every year, uh, as we, we wade out up to our waist, uh, on what isn't a particularly good tide, I hasten to add, uh, to, uh, to, to hunt for our, um, uh, the delicacy that is the Orma. Um, so, so these sorts of, of traditional things matter to me. And I, I, my, um, uh, my, my third place in the West Show Bean Jar competition <laughs> <laughs> hangs uh, um, uh, on a fridge magnet uh, uh, for, for all to see uh, and my, my uh, Christmas present for those that may be interested uh, was a, an absolutely enormous bean jar so I can now cook um, you know, wholesale amounts uh, to feed those that want to, uh, want to have a taste uh, next August at the West Show so, now I, 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 don't, I only say this because it is a great privilege and a great honour uh, to hold this role um, but I do think it's, it's enhanced by the fact that you know, my family's roots are um, like my predecessors. You know, very much in, in the in the fabric of our community. And of course, your role is going to be. I've got. I'll be jumping all around a couple of the bits and pieces Please. I want to bring up here. But I suppose it makes sense to start off with your committee, because of course your your role is supported by your committee, not your first choice for your committee. But how has it 
settled in? Well, incredibly well. Uh, I, I mean, let's just talk about some of the relationships for a moment, if I, if I may, because the relationships are important uh, in any team. Um, I mean, I have known uh, John Latock, who, who basically is continuing in, in the role of external relations uh, for a little under 50 years. Um, he and I uh, first met as, as 11-year-olds, um, and I have known uh, Deputy John Gollop for more than 50 years. Uh, he and I met uh, me as a seven-year-old, him as an eight-year-old. So, um, you know, th those friendships and relationships go back an awful long way. That certainly helps. Uh, and, you know, I've got Heidi as well. Uh, she's got a proven track record. I've known her for a little while uh, as well, chartered accountant. Uh, and then we've got Bob Murray, um, who um, is much newer. I've only known Bob three years or so, but he's already shown himself, uh, like the others, to be um, a hard worker, a deep thinker and is you know very versatile so i'm very lucky you know, let's be honest uh, the states has uh, given us a team that has a, a really balanced uh, and yet extremely diversified um, set of skills and interests were you surprised when your um, suggestion of sasha wasn't put forward and carried through to this new committee i don't want to say surprised is the is the right word um uh, i was um uh, what I was surprised about was how contested the election was because we must forget there were eight candidates for four seats. Well, there were four seats, of course, four candidates for the role of president of PNR. But what maybe people didn't see behind the scenes was although eight nominations were forthcoming, uh, there were actually 15 members of the states who had expressed an interest. And there had been a lot of discussions, particularly during that Thursday morning, which is why, incidentally, it took until the latter part of the Thursday. Yeah. The, the, the election, remember, was, was some 24 hours earlier. Some only, sort of, I think, four or five hours of parliamentary time earlier. But an awful lot happened during that time as people were talking about, what, what, you know, how is this going to work and, 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 and how, how is it all going to meld together? Um, so, but in the end, uh, the, the states uh, seems to me to have got a, a very good balance and uh, I'm grateful to them for it. I mean, that you talk about those contested elections uh, or the contested seats, or it seemed indicative at the time of quite a dysfunctional, was, was a word that was kicked around a lot, uh, assembly in of itself a bit divisive, um, a lot of political games being played. I know you said in your speech that's what you would like to avoid. Um, I know we haven't had a couple of debates. Uh, we, you know, we've had the, the festive period, so the next one is coming up. So it seems a bit quieter. Is it quieter? Does it seem to have settled down a little bit with um, uh, divisions in the states? I know there seemed to be, I don't mean to yammer on, but it seemed, seemed to be a committee where, for lack of a better word, there are people from across the aisle potentially being brought together. It seemed like a more was, dynamic or diversive that was committee, yeah. Yeah. But let's be on the no illusions here. It was, um, I was determined uh, uh, to make it as representative of the views of the, of the states as possible. Um, uh, and that's uh, uh, what we managed to achieve. The divisions that are perceived, were, are perceived by the community and, and particularly by political journalists like yourself, are, were very real. I'd like to be able to say are no longer <clears throat> um, as real as they were. Um, it feels as if <clears throat> things are more harmonious than they were. Um, 
But as you say, only time will tell. Uh, I'm told that there is there is a, a sense that there's an opportunity now um, for things uh, to improve and for people to work more closely together. Um, I, we mustn't miss that opportunity. And one of the things that I've also been keen to do, it isn't just about you know the elected members into prescribed positions. It's also about the skills of the um, uh, 40 members of the Assembly collectively. And a perfect example of, of one of the, I think, the steps forward we've made is Deputies Saint-Pierre and, and Parkinson, who are two um, very able um, and intelligent men with a, a, a knowledge of tax matters, um, have agreed uh, to uh, join uh, the tax subcommittee. Uh, so um, those that were there uh, before, with the exception of Deputy Hellyer, who's um, obviously gone temporarily, I hope, uh, to the backbenches because he has so much to offer, as do all um, the uh, former members of PNR that do not find themselves back on that committee. Uh, I'm hoping that, that this sort of uh, conglomerate of, of, of abilities and talents um, across the subcommittees of the states uh, will also uh, be conducive to more harmonious uh, working and therefore better, better policy making and better outcomes for the community. So time will tell whether um, that's deliverable, um, but I'm more confident of that now than I was at the beginning of December. Fantastic. That's good to, it's good to hear because it was, um, it was um, odd to see sometimes some of the debates <laughs> seem to be quite a listen. It has, I, um, it has felt very strange on occasions. Yeah. It, it's felt, it's felt, it's, on occasions. felt more emotive yeah. than I have listened to before. And that's because it has been. Uh, and uh, there, 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 over the course of the last couple of years, um, some bad feelings between some states' members have developed. Um, uh, but we're all human beings, and, and we know that those, those, um, those can be cleansed. And I am I'm genuinely confident that, that 2024 will see uh, more conviviality. In fact, interestingly, I was... I was um, uh, criticised by one or two people for saying that one of my hopes is that the states learns to laugh together. That's not because I think the issues that we face are anything other than serious, but I know from my various roles in life that if people are able to relax around each other and laugh in each other's company, uh, the chances are that you will get um, better, uh, more constructive, more objective and policy development, and therefore again better outcomes for the community. So um, let's hope we can uh, we, we can see that uh, mature and develop. Um, so speaking of work, then that you mentioned before, uh, it's been sixteen working days. Uh, <laughs> it's felt like longer. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine it would. Um, I was just wondering because um, you you mentioned a lot of things during your your speech at the time about uh, unblocking private development and money value and all this kind of stuff. I mean, what kind of work has been going on in the last 16 days? Uh, well, um, a, a lot is the answer. Uh, I mean, let's go things uh, th through things in some sort form of order. I mean, there's, there's no question that the, the role of president of the Policy and Resources Committee is a tricky job. Um, but there are far more onerous um, leadership roles um, within you know, political systems elsewhere. Because we mustn't lose sight of the fact that Guernsey is a fantastic place to live and work. 
And we also mustn't lose sight of the fact that we have some extraordinary news um, just before uh, uh, we, uh, just before Christmas, when we learned that our economy had grown, uh, had been restated during 2022, uh, uh, having grown at 4% in real terms. Now, now to, to describe that as um, enviable um, by almost every other developed uh, you know, place in the world <laughs> would be an understatement. I mean, it's a quite extraordinary number. And it Partic- kind of flies against what we were, we were kind of being told about. Uh, absolutely. Well, it, uh, interestingly, I think if you'd have asked many in the commercial world whether they thought 2022... We now know the restated number, or 2023 were the stronger of the years. I think most of us would have said 2023 appeared stronger than 2022. So that could well um, augment well um, for uh, for the for the figures for 2023, and of course correspondingly uh, the tax revenues uh, that those um, uh, GDP numbers uh, uh, generate. Um, so we are in a fortunate position. Um, and uh, but of course the problem we've got is, and I did say this in my speech, so I'm not, I'm sort of, I'm not waffling on here. <laughs> no, I'm it's built, okay. I'm building no, up to the points I made. And, You're more than welcome to. And, and that and that is that is that that it doesn't feel like that uh, to many in our community. It doesn't feel like the economy is that strong. And, and part of the reason for that, of course, is the affordability of housing, which was a, a big part of what I said. Uh, uh, in the assembly, um, uh, uh, both in in my speech and, and also to answers that I gave um, to questions that were directed towards us. Look, um, we all know that sixteen times median earnings um, as the metric for the value of property mm. in Guernsey is completely unsustainable. It's been even higher, um, and that has to come down because uh, because. It, it, it's you know ridiculous. We all understand that. However, uh, the route to increasing supply in a way that will meaningful meaningfully impact on that number is far more challenging because of particularly because of the rules around the island development plan, planning inquiries, and all of these things than um, uh, uh, most appreciate. Now, I've been around a while, I've been in the States now for nearly 24 years, so I've been through a number of planning inquiries. I know how challenging planning policy is, particularly in a small community. But sometimes we score some own goals, uh, and there is this, uh, this, um, uh, this, this uh, 11 that's talked about, uh, which is a, 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 a policy that uh, requires a certain amount of, of, of um, a certain type of housing, uh, to be undertaken with, with any particular development of a certain size, yeah. which, which many in the States believe um, is uh, a, a significant part of our problem. This is GP11. GP11, GP11. I don't actually believe that GP11 is, is quite as significant a sum, but I would love it to be uh, out, of the, out of the equation um, yeah. so that there was one less excuse, if you like, out there um, for the... Uh, uh, for the reduction in development. Now, one of the uh, statistics that I have learned since I've been in this role um, is, what, for me, is it's, it's an extraordinary statistic, and that is that there are uh, well over 500, I think about, forgive me if the number's not absolutely spot on, yeah. but about 530 current permissions in place. So in other words, the DPA have approved 530 planning applications 
So without, if the DPA wasn't there yeah. uh, to approve any new applications, um, 530 houses could be started uh, right now yeah. um, if there was sufficient uh, capacity within the local construction industry, uh, for instance. Um, but of those 530, uh, only two dozen are uh, fall into the affordable housing category. So, so right, right now we need we need a, a lot of affordable housing uh, to, to house. That's what. It's something ridiculous. Well, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, what is it? Five percent, maybe? Because affordable know. housing is the is the buzzword there from. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So, 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 and the reason for that is that some of our our largest sites um, are not yet in a in a position where um, planning applications can be submitted uh, and commenced because of the challenges that those sites present whether that's because they're low-lying or because the infrastructure around them is insufficient for purpose as things currently stand. So uh, what I have asked and the Policy and Resources Committee has agreed and we shall be speaking to all of our colleagues um, uh, uh, about this quite soon is uh, the creation of or the reformation really of, of, uh, of a group that in involves all the interested parties within the states, all the, all the committees for whom um, development touches their mandate, uh, which um, I've offered to chair and which I want uh, to meet, uh, as do my colleagues on the Policy and Resources Committee, on a weekly basis. In other words, I, I want to fulfil that promise that a group of people need to wake up every morning and the first thing they need to think about is affordable housing. And the, and the last thing before they go to bed at night, and one of the reasons, one of the ways of doing that is to make is to make sure that uh, the matter is never allowed uh, to drop off the uh, the priority list. And, and one way of doing that is to make sure that all the interested people are in the same room on a regular basis, uh, and there are key performance indicators about what uh, uh, progress we're making against uh, particular uh, targets. And this has to be done in weeks and months. Yeah. Not, not years and decades, uh, which is what will happen if we're not careful. I, was going, I, I might be wrong on, on this, so I'm trying to think it through as I'm saying it. Is this, uh, this reminds me, is this, got, is this any similar to the Housing Action Group, or is that? It's, it, it's... Um, uh, which I don't know if that even, what no, does that it, do? No, it's, if you like, a, a reinvigoration okay. of, of, of that uh, group, uh, but with a... Um, uh, with a, a, a real sort of you know, um, re-energising is probably the good way of putting it. Fair enough. That's good. Because um, that is a, you know, that is a big thing you brought up and that is it clearly is. on top it of is. the public's mind consistently. It is. And that statistic is quite fascinating. It is. I, I think it is, it is undoubtedly uh, our number one um, domestic challenge. Um, we've clearly got uh, a number one external challenge, uh, and that is the evaluation that is going to be undertaken in a few weeks' time uh, by Moneybell. Yeah. Uh, the amount of, of work that has been going on uh, for the last two or more years is absolutely uh, extraordinary. Um, and we're very fortunate uh, because m many of the people that are involved within the uh, civil service, within the public sector, uh, their roles are not front-facing, you know, like nurses or teachers and, 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 and people like that. Um, we, 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 we don't always appreciate just what high quality some of our, our staff are. And the people that are 
at the vanguard of this um, uh, evaluation um, yeah. uh, are um, incredibly capable people, uh, and and they need to be uh, because this is this is challenging, um, and it's important because uh, our economy is financial services based, as we all know, about forty percent of our domestic economy, nearly two thirds of our export economy. Uh, we've got to get this right. And, uh, and from what I've seen so far, um, uh, uh, we're heading in the right track. In the, and there's still some work to be done. You know, they're not here for the, another few weeks. There's still some legislation states needs to pass, and there's still some structural matters that need to be addressed. Um, uh, but I can sit here today and tell you that I am uh, very confident, uh, uh, not complacent, but very confident about the future. Uh, and that's uh, not... Uh, for any other reason other than the fact that this has been um, a, a, a high priority for the states for a while and it is being led internally by some very competent um, uh, public sector workers uh, in particular. So um, you, that's fantastic news that you're so confident about. I mean, it's, it is just around the corner. It must be taking up a lot of your headspace. It is. Because you're I've leading been thinking, on this kind of stuff. Yes, yeah. I mean, well, Deputy, Deputy Rob Prowl um, uh, and his committee, the, the Home Affairs Committee, um, have uh, been doing uh, the lion's share of the political work. But this is something that has been on my mind as chairman of Guernsey Finance um, for many years. Um, you know, these things matter. Uh, our international reputation matters. We pride ourselves uh, on our international reputation. As I always say, you know, if you want to do dodgy business, don't you just choose Guernsey. Um, but it's one thing to know as a practitioner that um, Guernsey is a really you know, solid place for, for, for good quality uh, long-term business. It's one thing to know it, it's another thing to be able to sort of you know, demonstrate it uh, to uh, international evaluators uh, and, uh, you know, and that's the process we're going through at the moment. Um, it leads on to two things, so I'm going to pick one of them. I want to touch base on the Guernsey Finance staff, yep. of course your chairman. Um, will you be retaining that role? I know Guernsey Finance takes, uh, is somewhat uh, supported by the states of Guernsey financially. Yeah, um, are you happy in your role as chairman there still? How is well, it going to work out? It's a classic, um, uh, or if not arguably the classic, public-private partnership, and it works. So yes, it is a, a joint initiative uh, on behalf of the states of Guernsey and um, uh, our financial services industry. Uh, and its job is to um, promote... Um, our financial services offering internationally and it does it very well I mean it's no coincidence that we are regarded were regarded and hopefully will be uh, still as the top uh, international finance centre um, in uh, 2023 the uh, that takes a lot of work um, and it requires a, a sort of a huge amount of commitment um, but the role of Chairman of Guernsey Finance, which I did during my time as Deputy Chief Minister last time around, or Vice President of PNR, is very compatible with what PNR does. Because um, the, the contacts that Guernsey Finance has are, are often uh, uh, very similar, uh, if not identical, to the, the contacts that, that uh, the, the, uh, uh, the state has. Um, and uh, these uh, relationships need to be you know, nurtured and developed and uh, cultivated. And our friends need to understand uh, what we're doing um, and our enemies need to be 
or those we don't really have enemies. <laughs> those those who do not understand what we need, what we do, need to be educated. So there is a real compatibility. So what we have decided to do is sort of see how it goes. Um, if I am able uh, to continue to do both roles um, in a in a compatible way, um, then I will. And the evidence so far suggests, through diary management uh, and uh, through careful diary management, that I will be able to. Um, but if that's not the case, then there are others within the team at Guernsey Finance who are more than capable um, to step into, into my shoes. So we've, we've developed a, a really solid uh, and a sustainable team. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not worried about the future, but from my own perspective, and, and as directly answering your question, I, I would like to maintain both functions if I can. Um, I'll move on then next to, I'm aware of the time, so I'm going to click through a couple of bits here. Um, the GWP, Government Work Plan, clearly was kicked uh, along a little bit because yep. of uh, shifts in uh, uh, the political body. Yep. Um, has it been revisited? Is it going to be the same plan coming back? I know Bob kind of led on that last time. Yes, yeah, so he's going to be um, doing so again. Um, what we're, what we're, we're working on at the moment with colleagues... Um, uh, in uh, education, sport and culture um, is a potential amendment to the government work plan that tries to take us further forward uh, on uh, the, uh, the education plans because um, where we left it uh, last time round I, I, I think was unacceptable to just about everybody. Um, so we're working on that. Uh, what what we're, we're trying to understand with increased clarity is the chronology of spending over the course of the next few years uh, to see whether or not um, uh, there are um, there is an opportunity uh, to uh, uh, provide uh, funding within within that envelope. Um, uh, now there may it may require some additional revenue raising, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't hesitate in in testing that with the states, who I sense by majority. Uh, want to find a way through what I think is best described described currently as a political quagmire. So um, we're working on a solution. It, it's too early to to give any detail on that yet, um, but you'll know soon enough because, of course, the government work plan will be debated at the end of the month. Um, so we're going to have to have to have something ready within the next few days in order to address uh, that particular conundrum. I know you mentioned that potentially that thirty million surplus could be utilised somehow from. Uh, from how well the island has done to potentially go down some road with yeah. the education programme? Well, I, I, I speculated that it could be um, as much as 30 million. You're quite right, because what I said was, look, we were forecasting growth of half to 1%, and here we are with, with growth of um, 3% more than that. We know uh, that uh, 1% of GDP growth equates to about 8 million or so in, in taxation, so it could be you know, getting on towards that number, but that is yet to be substantiated. So that's traditionally um, how we would assess these numbers. Things change. Uh, the, yeah. the, the component parts of an economy uh, uh, develop and change over time. Uh, so work is being, being done at the moment to see whether or not uh, that is the case. Of course, it is, if it is the case, then it does give us the, the extra flexibility. And I remain, I remain hopeful that our, our fiscal position is stronger um, than uh, we believe it to be uh, right now. But um, that's going to take a, a little longer to be certain. Um, 
we talk about tax and revenue raising, mentioned it just then, those two topics have dominated uh, GST, rightly or wrongly dominated the conversation for the last couple of years. Um, are we going to be seeing uh, debates and conversations about alternative versions of revenue raising in the future? Is it still something that's quite high up, building more money in the community to support the things we want and yes. need? Well, there's going to be at least one more budget uh, during uh, this state session. It'll be the budget for 2025 that will be debated in the autumn of this year. Um, what you won't see is you won't, you won't see another set-piece debate uh, around a goods and services tax. But you may recall during the hostings for the, um, the president of PNR, uh, Deputy Roffey came up with a very good idea, which I, uh, I said, oh, I think that's an excellent idea, and I, and I will certainly um, in, in, endorse that if I get the job, and that was a handover document, a document that said, look, here are all of the, the pros and cons of a GST, here are all the pros and cons of an increase in personal rates of income tax, for instance, and here's the, the, the absolute uh, position um, with regards corporate tax, so that the next states is in a position to, to make an, an informed decision early, early in its tenure. What is obvious is there is no appetite in this assembly um, to revisit uh, a goods and services tax. Who knows what the next election will bring? But I do think there is remains an appetite in this assembly uh, to generate more revenues uh, in order to ensure that the, uh, the, the, the structural deficit um, that is um, handed over to the next states is as small as possible. Um, and we're going to be having some very challenging discussions uh, around uh, slaws, uh, around how you know, the, the long-term care issues and how those are, are paid for in advance. So it is almost certain that by the end of this year, the states will be taking more revenues, um, either through, uh, or will have made decisions around more revenues, either through those long-term funding packages um, for our long-term care, or as a consequence of the budget in 2024. And I was very honest at the last election. One of my criticisms I've had of some of my colleagues is that they made promises to the electorate that were unsustainable. Uh, I mean, we, we, I, I didn't. I, I made it clear that taxes were, were going to have to go up. And that's not because I'm a, I'm a big government man, far from it. It's just that the numbers speak for themselves. We, we take less than 22%, less than 22% of our GDP in tax this is incomparably low. That is a fact that none of us can, can hide from. In Jersey, it's 26%. Uh, in the, uh, the Isle of Man, it's in the, the, the high 20s. Uh, and of course, in, in Europe, um, it's, uh, it's in the 30s, 40s, and sometimes even in, in the 50s. The, the, the point is, we cannot sustain um, uh, 21st century public services on a tax take that represents less than 22% of our GDP. It's not possible. Um, so, uh, but there is a limit uh, to how much the economy should um, have to sustain. So taxes are going to have to rise. Uh, I think most sensible people recognise that, but there remains um, a, a fairly widespread uh, 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 concern about um, uh, introducing a, a, a broad-reaching you know, consumption tax. Uh, I, I think that within the States there, there remains significant opposition towards taxes on income, personal income in particular. But I do not believe that that, is as, uh, that, that, that reluctance, that fear, is as widespread uh, within the 
uh, within the community. And a perfect example of, of why I think that is, is that, that if you raise the personal rate of income tax um, and people like me have to pay an, uh, you know, another 1% or 2%, it's inconvenient. Who wants to pay more tax? Um, but, but you very easily, with those sorts of measures, uh, protect people who are on low and fixed incomes, you know, pensioners and, and people on benefits and the like. Um, uh, but at the same time, it, it remains you know, absolutely essential that the so-called middle Guernsey, the people who often find themselves uh, uh, having a disproportionate burden, uh, are not, are not uh, compromised. So it, is, it remains a very delicate balancing act. Um, but we can't have it both ways. You know, we, can't, we can't have 21st century uh, public services that support an ageing demographic um, uh, without, uh, without being prepared to pay for it. Do you think there'll be a sharp tipping point into, uh, we speak about 21st century facilities and stuff for an ageing demographic, which is definitely what we have. Yeah. Um, you know, you talk about Nordic countries that have incredibly high tax take, but they're their, their lifestyles are fantastic. I mean, yeah. is there a point where is this going to be a gradual change? Do you see, or will there be a debate that will tip us very quickly over into higher income tax and fantastic uh, civil service and no, I, and public I, service? I, well, I, I, I no, I, I think I mean there are there are fiscal rules in place that that restrict um, uh, the amount that the government can take from the economy. I think it's currently at twenty four percent. So we're talking at the difference between where we are at the moment, which I think is 21.8% yeah. and 24%, is only 2.2% you know, overall. It's, it's a chunk of money, um, uh, but those, those are where the, uh, the ceilings are, are, are hit. What, what I'm, I'm trying to get across in this interview now is, is the fact that my view has never changed. Um, at the last election, I was clear, I've been clear throughout this, this term, that um, we don't take enough, enough tax. Um, we haven't been taking enough tax for a little while. Um, uh, that there, there is a, a corporate solution on the horizon, but it's, it's, it's still uncertain, still some way off. Um, uh, and uh, we, can't, you know, we can't continue to sleepwalk. Um, uh, so we'll do what we can uh, to, to, um, uh, to do some patchwork uh, over the course of 2024. But the, the key, the key strategic decision on um, uh, in terms of in terms of quantum, uh, um, it is likely now to take place in the early part of the next states. So probably I would say in the autumn of 2025, because I don't think it can be you know left that much longer. But there's lots we can do. Lots we can do in the interim, particularly if it is an improving uh, economic position. Uh, and of course, um, with every uh, uh, bit of, of of GDP growth, um, uh, the, the 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 need for um, a higher increase in new taxes um, is uh, reduced. Fantastic. I um, just want to grab just two more topics just to we can, we can skim through them because yep. I know we've got, we're coming up to time. Um, Condor, mm -hmm. very obviously uh, concerned, rightly or wrongly, within the community what's going on. Yep. Well, our links are very important to us. Are you going to buy us another boat? <laughs> <laughs> Well, or I, another. Uh, are I we have, going to? Well, uh, is I have got Aurini again. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Well, uh, I'll come to Aurini in, in just a moment. But yes, I mean, we, I did, I do have history, don't I? Last time round of, of of leading on the the acquisition of those two fuel ships, um, which I am told um, by the journalists of that time uh, was one of the most popular decisions that the States of Guernsey <laughs> had ever made. Um, uh, which is interesting, isn't it? Uh, I think you know. 
go and see people aren't stupid. Has anything uh, happened since then to trump that? <laughs> in terms, well, in terms of, of popularity, probably not, no. oddly enough. Um, but um, no, I mean, uh, Condor is a trading business. It's got some uh, very uh, significant backers. Um, and uh, uh, Condor uh, is a business that is uh, an awful lot busier uh, when the sun is shining uh, than when um, the uh, you know the waves are high, um, and um, uh, and and it's uh, it, it's it's had some some matters to deal with, which uh, from what I can see, um, it has dealt with in the appropriate commercial manner. Fantastic. So we're going to be okay going forward. Guernsey is going to be served very well. Because this clearly was something that you came into straight off the bat of coming in, back into this presidency. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, it's not, put it this way, the matter is not keeping me awake at night. Okay. Um, what, what does enable me to sleep even more soundly, though, is, is uh, we are in a, uh, in a, a very advantageous position, um, being the 100% owner of our own airline. Because um, uh, it's cost some money over the years, there's no denying that. Uh, but the security uh, 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 that it gives us, the sustainability of those essential air routes, um, is something that we uh, we shouldn't lose sight of. Um, we are in control of our own destiny, absolutely, with our air links, and that's a very uh, positive position to be in. I'll, I'll leave this topic alone in a second. I just want to press one last thing, which is because um, when we've spoken to Condor multiple times, and there was a line saying that we are open to part ownership, is that ever going? Is, do you think that would ever be a possibility? Well, you must, in politics, you must never say never. Uh, 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 who knows? Who knows? I mean, I, for instance, uh, the people that own Condor, the, 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 the uh, majority owners, are a very, very long-term infrastructure investment business, infrastructure investment fund. And, you know, they buy things with a 20, 30, 40, or even 50-year time horizon. Um, uh, so, you know, who, who knows um, if that business uh, would... Uh, would be coming up for sale anytime soon. I don't know. So it's difficult to to, to predict what the uh, the authorities in the in the in, in the Channel Islands might want to do at that time. But we're certainly not, in my from what I have um, seen, you know, a, a, any anywhere near an event of that type. Um, and talking about relationships, I, I have an affinity for Alderney, and I, I know at the end um, we at the end of your question time for your presidency. Um, Alex Snowden asked a couple of questions about um, runways and airports and all this kind of stuff and the response was relatively frosty I think we could say I think the response was completely honest I think, yes. there, I think there's a difference uh, what I wasn't prepared to do was, was sit because we, we sat if you remember answering <laughs> questions which felt odd uh, I, I wasn't prepared to sit or stand in the assembly and, and make promises that I wasn't prepared to keep there is no doubt in my mind that uh, uh, Alderney's, um, Alderney Airport's runway requires a significant investment to bring it up to the, the quality it needs to be. Um, whether it should be extended and whether we should be spending the sorts of money that are uh, suggested uh, on uh, Alderney's airport terminal building at a time when, when Guernsey uh, is in a position, the Bailwick of Guernsey is in a position where it has to severely restrict what it can spend on uh, the larger community. And, and I know that my, my friends in Alderney don't like the comparison, but I, you know, that doesn't mean it isn't appropriate. Spending the sorts of amounts on a per capita basis in Alderney Airport would be the equivalent of spending £800 million on um, the community.
Guernsey or of Guernsey. Um, these are very, very significant sums of money. You know, they're not door numbers, as I as I once said. Um, but there's no question um, that that everyone in Guernsey um, wants ordinary to thrive. Um, uh, but there is. Uh, uh, there isn't, to use my predecessor's expression, uh, there isn't a money tree and, uh, and the cheques are running out. Um, I'll call it to an end here. Is, that, I mean, is there anything else to add? How has it been settling back into the people you work with here, of yeah. course, the civil service you mentioned before? Um, well, well what's, what's interesting is, is that many of the uh, senior leadership team um, are known to me and known to me you know, very well. Uh, uh, I mean, the, the man who is currently the head of the public service uh, is someone who I've also known uh, for uh, 50 years um, and uh, the current state's treasurer and um, several of the other SLT members are people who were recruited uh, during my time either as treasury minister or chief minister for the first time round. So I, I, I know these people well, um, they know me well uh, and that has enabled a, a more, if you like, seamless uh, um, move um, back into this back into this seat um, so uh, you know there are uh, it, it's it's more harmonious right now um, than I would have expected it to be uh, my hope um, and uh, expectation is that we can maintain that uh, harmony uh, to, uh, to the uh, and for the best interests of all in our community uh, and that's my objective I'll end with this if I can achieve one thing um, uh, I, I will regard it as a success and that is that when we go to the polls in uh, June of 2025 the states is regarded as being a more cohesive um, uh, unit the states of deliberation is regarded as being a more cohesive unit um, than it was uh, in the autumn of 2023 and if I've achieved that objective then for me um, that will um, be uh, the best gauge of success. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to a Bailiwick Express podcast. If you like what you heard, please share, like and subscribe so we at Bailiwick can continue to pull apart the stories that affect you, the listener. Thank you for joining us.